Hello, greetings and salutations. This is The Pulpit, brought to you via appropriate social distancing. He's Bob Marks in a studio in quarantine far away. I'm Ron Sandek in a room quarantined far from Bob and everywhere else and everyone else. Against the pulpit where interests are peaked, tempers tested, and when required, apologies issued. And right from the get-go, Roberto, I'm going to issue one. We are doing something we haven't done. Actually, two things we haven't done. One, you and I are not in, in our brand spanking new studio. <laughs> and two, um, we're using – this is really threadbare. It's almost analog-ish with respect to our technology. We're, we're doing this on cell phones, man. So this is going to be really unique, and we'll see how it all works out. Of course, it goes – uh, without saying, we're in unique times. Things have uh, really fallen apart from a societal and even a world standpoint. Uh, our last episode, Bob, you'll remember, was episode 25 on March 10. Yep. And, and that seems like not just a lifetime ago, a world ago. Everything has changed on this entire planet um, since that time and actually a little after that. So, uh, friends, listeners, countrymen, lend me your ear as we take a little trip backwards and then Bob and I are going to try and uh, talk about what the hell is going on now. And then worse, we're going to try and be uh, soothsayers a little bit and talk about what we see short and long term. All right. So back on March 10, you know, the coronavirus was known, identified and was an issue, mostly in China and in little hotspots throughout the United States and elsewhere in the world, Europe uh, then in particular. And we were getting a lot of really inconsistent, different information. And some of it was end of the world stuff. Some of it was, eh, this isn't even, you know, this is just the newest rage and flu-like issues. And then mostly stuff in between. Okay, so... After our 25th broadcast of this uh, vaunted podcast, uh, there was great consternation and discussion in Illinois and in Chicago about the St. Patrick's Day, also Election Day um, festivities. This, this, the new term social distancing didn't, really hadn't galvanized and had kind of come into the fray as the every third or fourth word people used after COVID-19 or coronavirus. But then right after St. Patrick's Day and right after the election, uh, Illinois and many other states, a couple before it, really went into lockdown mode. So, Bob, looking back first, I, Mayor Lightfoot and Governor Pritzker have their daily press conferences, which I think are important and good. And I think they largely do a good job. I do. Uh, getting information out, continually updating information, etc. They both have a proclivity, however, of you know, always blaming the federal government and then Trump. They just can't help themselves. But here, so since they largely take shots at Trump, much of which, by the way, isn't wrong in, on the merits. Trump has been all over the place on this issue, but many people have because I don't think anyone knew 
uh, what you know we were really facing and to a certain extent the scientific and medical communities are starting to getting their arms around it right now but going back to lightfoot and pritzker's decision to let st patrick's day go and the election day go do you think they are fair targets for criticism on those two topics I think they are um, to a certain degree, but to be very honest with you, I think we've got to put all this nonsense in and save that for a later day. Um, you know, everybody is making mistakes, making uh, comments that you could throw into the ridiculousness to the big giant question mark. Um, you know, there's been tons of pundits writing about the elections moving forward, right and wrong. Um, you know what? I have my opinions. You have yours. Everybody has them. But I think at this time, you know, we got to get rid of that stuff and stop pointing fingers. Governors have got to step up to the plate. Federal government, um, I agree with you on Trump. He is all over the map. Um, I used to watch the daily uh, press uh, briefings. I don't anymore because it's just, we're, we're, we're off the mark here. The only two I listen to are Dr. Burks and Dr. Fauci. Um, and others that I read, obviously. Interesting. Um, I, I share your somewhat Pollyannic view <laughs> to be completely blunt, that I wish we could get politics out of this equation because it is public health. The unfortunate reality, my friend, however, is there's no way you can. If you look at social media right now, it's as if this issue has just become the next debate topic for social media. Red versus blue, right versus wrong, up versus down, whatever you want to categorize it. It's just amazing to me. I Look, I, I, I put on my Facebook page last week, I thought Cuomo from, from New York was doing a pretty good job of communicating. And I stand by that. Now, I will tell you, he too has made missteps. Gosh, gosh, that's incredible. I mean, he is human, right? I thought Newsom from California has been pretty good. And like I said, I think Pritzker has been pretty good. I do find his criticism of the federal government and Trump you know, it's gotten to the point of it, it's boring, it's noise now, because all it is is blame. Look, everyone's reacting as best they can with the information that, seem, that seemingly changes in real time. You know, like you mentioned earlier, we could all look backwards, but good God, trying to solve problems and stay focused on the problem seems to be the most important thing that I th thought and hope, and again, Pollyannishly, uh, dream will occur, but I guess we'll see right. if we can get past it. I'll take Pollyannic, uh, label is appropriate, but I think what we have to allow two things here. One, time has to pass and we need to have real data. Now there's all kinds of things that drop underneath that, you know, lack of PPE, lack of medical tests, you know, the, the, the forcing of General Motors to go out and make uh, uh, ventilators, we need, I think Fauci and, and Burke say it best, um, and time has to pass. We have to collect data. The data will start to not only tell how we got to the square we're on, but also what kinds of paths we can then start to manage too. And until that, there's going to be all kinds of rhetoric. You're right, Twitter's blown up. People have very little to do now. So, man, that is the channel <laughs> or channels to just explode. Um, the one that I find I get some of the best information off of, quite frankly, is Barstool Sports. Shout out to the Barstool Sports. Yeah, they're um, hilarious they and they're good. Humorous, yeah, it's humorous. Plus, they also give um, some some educational and some real information if, if if you can use the term real. You know, a uh, couple things there that I think were worthy of additional discussion from your I thought really solid points. One, 
and this is a sidebar, Barstool Sports might come out of all this as a legitimate contender to ESPN down the line. But we'll get into prognostications later. But back to your your seminal point, I totally agree with all that you said. What I find fascinating, um, I also, you know, in every endeavor, especially ones that are so compelling as what we're facing right now, you know, media stars and and just stars in general are born. Dr. Burks and Fauci certainly have stepped into the breach and have acquitted themselves extraordinarily well. They're both uh, obviously extraordinary physicians and uh, in their own right, they're also pretty darn good at messaging. What I will say, however, what I find interesting, again, in our new vernacular, right? Social distancing, shelter in place, stay at home. Um, one of the new things, um, you know, is trust the scientists. And again, it's been largely used as a political arrow uh, in implying others are not. I always say, sure, which ones? Because there's literally hundreds of really good sources right now. And you know, while you mentioned, you know, doctors Fauci and Burks, they've been outstanding. And I too have watched and listened and will continue to watch and listen to them. I went out and found my own sources as well, because shocking, they're all over the place. And I will put a plug in for a local infectious disease doctor. And this is my disclaimer. I have performed legal services for entities. He uh, owned and uh, owned and, and principally uh, operated, but uh, Dr. Russ Petrak uh, over here in uh, Burr Ridge is a noted uh, outstanding infectious disease doctor with whom I've had private sidebars with. And I can tell you, um, you know, he, he, and he's been in the media quite a bit locally because he is that well-renowned. I also follow Dr. David Agus. He happens to be CBS2 Nationals doctor, kind of a medical expert extraordinaire. I watched him at a talk several years ago, and I've stumbled upon David Katz, um, who is a great Twitter follow. Now, what's interesting about Katz and Agus a little bit is that while they largely support Burks and Fauci, they have deviated in their opinions in certain ways, subtle in some instances, and, and somewhat uh, radically in others. So when everyone says, oh, you should trust the scientists, I always say, sure, they're everywhere. They're, you know, but not all the scientists agree. And then you right. start putting all the math into this, right? We're doing all this data-driven tracking. And guess what? The littlest variable makes the, the tracking blow up or down. For instance, yep. the gentleman in Britain, and I forgot the guy's name. He was basically the modeler the UK used and, and it was really worst case kind of scenario, doomsday-esque, you know, math and data. Well, two days into their shelter in place or stay at home or whatever the hell you call it, sequester, whatever, you know, just two days of that. And all of a sudden the numbers precipitously dropped. And someone goes, wait a minute, we just did this for two days. And he goes, yeah, well, it worked. Plus I changed some of the variables and it wasn't so doomsday-esque. So again... People need to not lose their critical thinking. It's okay to be somewhat skeptical and question, obviously, the overall arching opinions of the medical community and the scientific community and the math data-driven community needs to be adhered to, and I think it largely is. But 
the point was there's a lot of information out there right now. And like you say, Bob, people were at home. And I think, you know, in addition to grazing through the kitchen and the refrigerator and eating and we were all getting a little chunky and stir crazy. We also are at least productively using time and researching. I just worry sometimes that we're barking at each other and, you know, there's kind of a pent up, everyone talks about pent up demand in the market once it unleashes, right? I think we have a pent up society of, of couch potatoes, ODing on Netflix and social media. And I worry we'll all become goraphobics or something that, you know, social distancing will become a permanent part of our landscape and we'll just go about living our lives in seclusion, working from home. What do you yeah, think? No, I, 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 I don't disagree with that. I'm going to back up. I, in no way do I uh, want to represent that. I think uh, Burks and Fauci are the only oh, no, voices I, out there. They're just two I, of the, the ones you, you see on any platform you go, whether it's audio, whether it's video or whether it's on social media. Uh, but I agree with you. There are a whole host of local regional um, people that are coming out with, with, with good information, good opinions. But again, I think time has to pass before we start to really get some kind of a roadmap, kind of the yellow brick road, right? Yeah. Um, how do we get here and where do we go from here? Okay. Um, so hold on. We, hold on. That's a great transition. So I'm going to just hold on because you're exactly right. So given where we are now, you and I are neither scientists nor medical Medical professionals, ours are opinions that are as good or as worthless as anyone else's. Bob, how long do you see the Illinois stay in place or stay at home order? It's supposed to expire next Tuesday. Uh, my guess is he's going to kick it out at least another four to six weeks from there. I think when all said and done, this could be um, anywhere from an eight to 12 week um, and again, it can change by the day, but I think it could easily be an eight to 12 week stay in place um, order when all said and done. All right. So if I made, if I said you have to pick a date just because clarity and plus we can look back without any ambiguous, you know, notions. What June, date June 1st. June, June 1st. Wow. All right. I'm going to take the under because I, mine is, because I hope you're wrong, though you may well be right. I'm going to take I hope I'm wrong. I'm going to take the under, and I'm going to say this uh, stay-at-home for Illinois um, extends through um, mid-May. And I'm going to say May 15 or maybe May 16, it turns back on. Um, and again, I have absolutely no inside information, no inclination other than visceral and slight you know, hopefulness. Because next question is, and I got rung up on Facebook because of this. You know, it's amazing how people see things. All I said was, you know, factories shuttered, workers sent home, small businesses, particularly retail, you know, bars and restaurants on the front end, absolutely decimated. This economy is destroyed. It is. And each time I hear some loudmouth politicians say, in a, in a real flippant way, hey, we need to push the pause button on the economy and really tend towards the public health. And I get it. Public health does trump almost all else. But the almost part is, is we still have to make a living to eat in order to have public health at its most basic you know, parameters. And so all I said was, is every day 
we we you know we we keep this economy you know in pause or whatever stupid term you want for it is another two to ten days to restart it because getting back on the saddle will be way harder reigniting this economy is going to be way more difficult than people think and i think the economic devastation may well be as daunting as the public health devastation when all is said and done. Do you agree or disagree? Uh, I absolutely agree. Um, however, I, I'm not going to make any kind of a statement or judgment on what is that, you know, that balance of, of time. Oh, I agree. I, 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 think, I personally think that um, people in the know, whether it's on the political side, driven by science combination thereof, there is something else on the underlayment here that is not necessarily gone public as yet. And I'm not a, I'm saying a, a conspiracy theory in any way, shape or form, but I, I think with some of the, 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 the measures that we're going to by state, by county, by municipality, and the fact that Trump um, considered putting a quarantine on New York, you could state that Delaware is in a state of martial law right now. Um, I, <clears throat> I, 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 I'm, I'm cautious on saying, um, you know, what is that balance? You and I talked last week or we did on the 10th. I think the economic fallout on this is nothing we haven't ever been able to quantify. I'm not sure we have the, the right minds. I think this is where technology is going to come in. This artificial intelligence and other things are going to start to be more forefront to try to predict what is the true devastation. Again, I think if we allow more time to pass, and I'm not saying weeks, months, I think data is going to start to drive decisions of how long is this going to happen? Can we start to open up microeconomics or economies along the path? Um, so to answer your question, I think I'm hoping that as we move through time here in a short period of time, I hope to God I'm dead wrong, um, absolutely dead wrong, because I think the economy is going to be absolute uh, devastation. You don't just power that switch back on again and all is great and glory. You can see what's happening in China. Everybody comes back into the factories and they realize that, guess what? All of the orders they had on are from all over the world and people are shutting those things down left and right. So I, I, I'm hoping that, that we have some really smart people in the technology front joining with the medical front, joining with the political side of it. We start to capture what real data is and we can start to truly get a roadmap to say, okay, now we can do some predicting, some analysis, as to what and how we start to move this along. Because I agree with you. Each day that we, we keep this thing down completely, um, there is some kind of exponential number on the other side. And I'm not sure we can even come close to calculating what that effect is anywhere in the very near future. So last week, uh, before the stimulus package, the $2.2 trillion stimulus package, and that's on the fiscal side, and then the Fed has done two, three different things uh, on their side. The amount of printing of, of dollars, it just, it, it's stunning how that all shakes out. And obviously, it was absolutely necessary. It's, but it's fascinating to me to watch, you know, these, these really remarkable actions be undertaken due to extraordinary, unforeseeable and largely still unmanageable events. So what I find is an interesting kind of backdrop to all this is, and you may be able to, to share an example if you want, but a, a friend of mine 
was was remarking again, uh, both on Twitter and Facebook. Uh, it was a really funny little quip. He said, and he was using Downers Grove as a you know as a, a backdrop. He goes, it's uh, it's snarky with a uh, got a chance of uh, judgment here in Downers Grove. It's snarky with a judge with a with a chance of judgment here in Downers Grove. And what he was referring to was all the people kind of ratting on their neighbors and shunning friends for being outside. And what I find fascinating here is, look, uh, the, <laughs> the four sandacks are cloistered into a relatively small space, uh, two different small spaces. But one allowed us to go outside and have some fresh sunshine for a while, which I now miss. The other one, not as much. But what's fascinating to me is, look, if, if one of us had, you know, cor uh, coronavirus, the other three were likely to have had it given our proximity the last, you know, week plus. And I get it, incubation time and asymptomatic issues and make it tricky, et cetera. I get it. So, but the four of us should be able to walk outside um, without someone calling the cops on us. Yeah, look, we're, we're, we're in for a dime, we're in for a dollar as a unit, right? And everyone is cloistered, whatever situation they're in, pretty much the same thing. I get it. If someone becomes sick, they get legitimately quarantined and you have a different situation. I just ain't digging some of the social media-esque shunning going on with people exercising their God-given right to go outside, breathe fresh air, and walk without having, you know... I don't know. Uh, the police called. I, I'm. It, it's just a little weird. Well, I, I, I'm going to date myself, but the TV show I Dream of. Oh my God! You know, yeah. infamous, Coco one Beach. Of the infamous secondary. One of the infamous, uh, or actually, it was Bewitched. I'm going to correct that. The, the TV show Bewitched. One of the infamous um, second, third tier actors was Mrs. Kravitz, right? <laughs> Mrs. Kravitz yeah. was the. Was the I loved her. Was the block vigilante and the vigilantes that are coming out that are driving around and. Uh, for full disclosure, my wife um, went to pick up her 86-year-old mother to get her out of her condo and take her for a walk around the block. Her sister joined her and one of her uh, nieces. Now, all of them have been social distancing. All of them have been locked down in their homes for 14 days. They stayed 10 feet away from each other. None of them went into the same building. They met outside. They walked around the block, and as they were coming past an ice cream store, a police car pulls up. Um, and my wife walks up to the window and the officer, she's thinking it's just, you know, hey, how are you doing type of thing? And he says, well, somebody actually called us on you folks for being it's out. Changed. He said, I, I want to, I want to apologize. And, you know, had my, 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 my wife and her family been clustering and doing everything in the face of what they should be doing, I get it. But the number of stories I'm hearing in, in first person of people that are walking around video cameras and cameras taking picture of a couple walking their dog. If you follow Pritzker in Lightfoot's guides as to what you can and can't do, you're right. You're clustered in your house with your family. I am as pretty much any listener is on this uh, podcast we have. Um, they're following guidelines and you have to uh, in, in, enable that people are going to be responsible. And yes, if you see 15 people sitting there in a big group hug, you know, maybe uh. I say, hey, uh, break it up. But um, even then, I, I, yeah, we got we got to be. This is the classic Mrs. Mrs. Kravitz. We, yeah, we, we we need a modicum of reasonableness. And look, I'm worried. Yeah, this again, 
so I, someone took me to task for a post I had, and they said, what do you mean you, you worry about social distancing in the future? I worry that with largely the kids, you know, our, uh, the, the children we have, Bob, some of our, you know, that generation largely is connected to their cell phone singularly for all types of social interactions as it is, right. as it is. Right. Now we make the rest of the world, you know, cloistered and, you know, boxed away. I worry about connectivity to human beings in the real, most traditional sense. Uh, I worry, I right, worry right. that there's a lack of empathy, a lack of, you know, connectivity and the full and intended human experience. And we end up being, like I said earlier, cloistered, goraphobes and germaphobes and humanophobes. And we become this yep. distant society that has no real bearing on what, you know, we, we, we could and, and should be. And so maybe that's for a separate podcast. So, all right, we're at 25 five minutes. So real quickly, Bob, you say June 1, I say May 15, so we have that marked, right? I hope I'm closer to right, but I think it may be you. We'll see. Um, the economy, because there's an election coming up. This is going to be a – so yes or no? Does, does this whole issue bring down Trump and propel Biden, who is invisible now, and I think I know why? Um, to an election win, undeserving of anything other than, you know, everyone's ganging up on Trump as being the guy in charge and, you know, the buck stops there. At this stage, I say yes, it does. Of course, there's still a lot of time left. Um, I right. am leaning towards agreeing with you because I think the a lot of time left could shrink based on what you and I were just prior talking about. So that's for next time. All right. Yep. Sounds good. Let's do it. Uh, let's do it up. Let's break some of these things up for next week. Remotely, it looks like. So, Remotely. so th this is uh, the pulpit. He's Bob. I'm Ron. He's elsewhere. I'm elsewhere. We're nowhere near each other. And we're doing this podcast on our cell phones. Yes, we've stripped away, you know, our fancy studio and cool technology. This is like those old uh, MTV unplugged uh, concerts. We're unplugged for all intents and purposes, but we'll be back. Um, thanks for listening to friends us, and family. Let us know your, let us know your thoughts, please, please respond. Let us know your thoughts, how we can improve what you do. Don't like comments, topics. We're open to any and all the above. Cool. He's Bob. I'm Ron. We're the pulpit. Thanks. Godspeed. Stay safe. <laughs>